1: Hello one and all and welcome to Book Off, the literary podcast with a difference, hosted by me, Joe Haddo. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. And if you're joining us for the first time, well, it's lovely to have you with us. And if you like what you hear... Well, there's five other series available of the podcast with some fantastic authors, so uh, we do encourage you to have a look through and see if there's another episode that takes your fancy. We've also been doing book giveaways on our social media, so if you'd like to be in with a chance of winning a free book, then head over to our Twitter, Facebook or Instagram pages. We are at Odu book Off, where we'll be posting details of the book giveaway each week. On next week's episode, we'll be joined by Ian Rankin and Steve Kavanagh, and we've got a copy of Ian Rankin's new book available to win next week, so keep your eyes peeled for that. On today's episode, though, we join Lagos with the UK, and we're joined by two brilliant authors. A little bit of a delay on the line, which we managed to tidy up, I think, so hopefully... Uh, it won't affect your listening experience too much hope you enjoy it on with the podcast As ever, I'm joined by two fabulous authors who'll be going head-to-head in a war of the words a little later on in the book-off. My first guest published her debut novel, My Sister, the Serial Killer, back in 2019 and saw it get long-listed for the Booker Prize and shortlisted for the Women's Prize. Here to talk about that brilliant novel and her future projects. Oi Braithwaite, hello, welcome to you. <laughs>
2: Hi, Joe. Thank you for
1: having me. Oh, it's lovely to have you. So, so great to uh, have you with us all the way from Lagos. Yes. Um, but not as sunny as 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 one might expect.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's still really sunny, but as uh, compared to how it normally is, just scorching hot, we're
1: thankful. <laughs> and also joining us is a novelist whose debut, Tall Oaks, was a Guardian at Crime Book of the Month and won the CWA John Creasy New Blood Dagger Award. That's a mouthful. Here to talk about his third novel, we begin at the end, is Chris Whittaker. Hello. Hi, Joe. How are you? All right. Thank you very much. And uh, we can say that we've had a bit of uh, a heat wave over here in the UK, Chris, haven't we, recently? We
3: have. Um, I've just come back from Centre Pops like an hour ago. Oh, right.
1: yeah. <laughs> Is that the end of a holiday for you?
3: Yeah, it was. It was just like a quick... Um, it was supposed to be a really relaxing break, but um, we've got a six-week-old baby. So it was like brutal, really <laughs> brutal time. <laughs> so I'm exhausted.
1: Oh, bless you. Well, thank you so much for fitting this in around your holiday. Oh, thanks for having me. I guess you were in a log cabin of sorts, were you in one of those sort of We were, yeah. yeah. We were
3: in the middle of the woods, and it was all um, fine, and the weather was really nice, and then last night there was like a storm that came in and just soaked everything. (laughs) Yeah, it was fun though. There was a deer that came right up to the window, and we were trying to feed it, you know, the kids were trying to feed it by hand, and uh, yeah, it
1: was fun. Absolutely perfect. Uh, Oyen, when you lived in London, did you ever venture out to a to a centre parks? Do you even know what a centre parks is?
2: Um, no,
1: <laughs>
2: I don't think I know. I don't think I know. What it is. It's like, what, it's you're, like a, what you're
3: talking about okay so it's like this holiday camp place in the middle of the woods and it's ridiculously expensive for some reason i'm still trying to work <laughs> out because i worked out that we could have stayed in the ritz for the same money yes. no oh, are you yeah. serious no joke we could have stayed in the, ritz Wait, for but the weekend isn't
2: that it sounds like glorified camping or is it <laughs> when you say in the middle of the woods what do you mean
3: no so you have like this log cabin in the middle of the woods, so it's okay. like it's got it's really nice inside, and there's loads of them, and um, there's like indoor swimming pools. I feel like I work for center Park, yeah. but, um...
1: <laughs> I've sort of set you up for this, Chris. Though, haven't I? In a way, <laughs> isn't there like a golf? There's a golf course, isn't there? And there's there, there is, is a golf course. There's um, crazy
3: golf as well. We did crazy golf and the climbing wall. and So it just wasn't relaxing. It wasn't like I took loads of books as well because I thought I was going to be able to sit down and read, and um, nothing didn't read anything. Now, if you'd Ooh. gone to
1: the Ritz, you could have got through all of those
3: books. I know, I could have. I would have had a much better time. The kids wouldn't have had a better time. Very
1: true. No, maybe <laughs> yeah. that's maybe that's one just for just for the adults next <laughs> <Exactly>. time. <laughs> um, well, it's great to have you both here and with us, and to talk about your books and your writing, and of course later. To pitch us a book that you absolutely love and you think that everyone listening should read, uh, in the book off we'll come to those later on. But if I could um, start, Oyen, with you and talk about my sister, the serial killer. Which in, in book terms, uh, talking about it in 2020, it's it's sort of it's a little bit old now because it's gone, it's been published and loads of people know about it. It got great reviews. It's got shortlisted and longlisted for these big prizes, as I mentioned, but. It's still finding an audience, and I think it's important to talk about it as your debut novel. I suppose this is the wrong question to ask you, but are you you sick of talking about it yet? Um,
2: You know, it feels so, I don't know, uh, it feels like such an ungrateful thing. (laughs) But I mean, I I can't deny, you know, I've had moments where I thought, gosh, like if I talk about this book one more time, I might shoot myself. And only because, you know, aside from... You you talk about it being published in 2019, which is true. I mean, it was actually published um, first end of 2018 outside of uh, England. Um, But before that, you know, you've got a year where you're waiting for it to be published. When you've already started to do some publicity. You've already started to talk about it. And then you have the time before that when you wrote it. So, to everybody else's (laughs) one year, it's like... For me, it's like three years, four years. So... So I am a bit, you know, and I think that's one of the probably, I I mean, I don't want to speak for every author, but for me, it's one of the most motivating factors in terms of bringing out another book, because I I can't wait to talk about anything else. (laughs)
1: Um, Because I speak to a lot of authors, obviously. And one of the things that I um, have found they've told me in the past is that, whether it's at a literary festival perhaps and we're having a chat on a stage in front of an audience or it's on this podcast whatever it might be the book they're talking about often is the one that as you say you know you wrote wrote so many months slash years ago you're in the middle of writing another one and yet you know, everyone wants to talk to you about the first one or the one before. Yeah. So you have to yeah. almost switch your brain away from the book you're writing and, and remember the one that you wrote, you know, that that many years ago. Um, I suppose, I, I don't know, I asked you that question in, in, in Jess, really, because it must still be wonderful that people want to talk about this book and that you are getting yeah. the opportunity, obviously, to, to, to do interviews about it, etc. Yeah,
2: no, definitely. Um I think everything that's happened to be honest once the book was sort of picked up has been really wonderful and really exciting and really amazing and and, you know it's it's been a bit of a whirlwind yeah um for me and it's weird sometimes because some you know i'll be i'll get asked a question about something that i wrote in because i don't know that's the other thing i don't know if people think maybe i'm rereading the work but like i get asked some questions and i will have completely forgotten about (laughs) that thing and it's it's kind of embarrassing because it it, you know but i don't know i just i just flow with it i'm like you know like i really like that was there okay um and then then i'll most of the time it will jog my memory but that's the other thing about having written something so long ago and, and to be talking about it in the present i actually don't remember everything um, no. that i wrote down
1: well I, I don't think that's embarrassing at all and you know well chris let's if i started asking you questions about your first novel now you'd probably have to have to scrabble around wouldn't you for some answers
3: (laughs) I I have to like you know the book you're going to talk about the newest one I still have to check back through that because I'm so bad (laughs) I forget all the time I forget all the details and someone tweeted me something the other day and it was like they didn't understand a bit in the plot and then for a while I couldn't understand it. (laughs) and and that's my book you know I need to be better no but I do I do reread Reread the books that like I still do book clubs for the first book you know I'll go and talk mm. to someone's book club. oh wow. I, to, wow I have to read it again just because mm. I'll get caught out and look like an idiot oh, uh, there you go Oyan. there's no there's no yeah.
1: escape yeah. you're gonna have to be rereading this book for a while That's yeah. Right. It's gonna
3: apparently hold
1: <laughs> um, there may be some people listening that haven't read my sister the serial killer so let's uh-huh. just very briefly because I don't want to dwell on this I know you've talked about the book a lot And there's new projects that that we're going to talk about a bit later with you. Um, But for those who may have seen the really stunning cover and they may have seen it, you know, listed for the shortlist of the Women's Prize, just give us a a quick précis of of the story.
2: Okay, so it's about two sisters, the oldest sister, Coride, who is our protagonist. She's hardworking. um, She's meticulous. And then the younger sister, Ayala, who's beautiful and fickle, and who also happens to be a serial killer. So um, I think at the start of the novel, Ayala has killed her third boyfriend. And she once again calls on her sister, her older sister, to come and help her get rid of the evidence. And I think um, Koride is starting to come to terms terms with the fact that her sister is a serial killer. And her sister may not be as honest about uh, some of these deaths as she may have originally thought.
1: Mm-hmm. beautifully done you see it's like it's like you've done it before um, oh
2: yeah <laughs> <I mean. laughs>
1: what I'm gonna a, a little later on I want to talk about genre and and sort of how uh, how one one sells a book because I think it's interesting that both of your books don't necessarily fall into what you know the booksellers and reviewers and everything call a A sort of category and I'm really interested in that because we sort of have to categorize and we have to put genres and stuff so that so that we're marketing the books to the right people and so that you know readers think oh yeah I know I like thrillers or I know I like fiction and yet I think both books are sort of bigger than that and yet then they're not even any of them. Anyway, I'm sort of waffling. We'll come on to that in a bit. Chris, let's let's talk about. We begin at the end. As I said, this is your third novel now. Mm-hmm. Um, came out earlier in the year. Oyen already knows I love her book, and I can tell you now that this is such a great read. I, I really enjoyed just being with the characters and and being taken to this uh, small Californian town. Now, I don't know about anyone listening, but I don't think you're American, Chris. I'm
0: not. No. So um, <laughs>
1: why, why is it, because you've written about America and, and specifically small-town America before, what is it that, that draws you to, to these places? Do you think?
3: I, so firstly, as a reader, I really like The Escapism. You know, I generally prefer a book that's set a, a long way away from where I'm living my life. Right. I don't know why that is. I think I grew up reading Stephen King. You know dennis lahane john grisham people like that so the draw to the us is such a great place to set crime you know because of the gun laws and Mm -hmm. and and, um and i didn't want to write a a police procedural book and um you know setting the book in america it gives you some freedom because you you can write a a small town with a police chief that's running the show you know and doesn't answer to anyone and um and it really helps you know because i don't like like you you touched on before about the genre thing I'm not sure I write crime fiction I mean I do and I don't and I find that the crime itself in the investigating is probably the less interesting part of the story
1: yeah because actually I think that one of the main themes about this from that I took away from this book Chris is is about families it's about families we're born into and it's about the ones that that people create so is that is that sort of how you saw it as opposed to a crime book or a thriller i did
3: i kind of see it as a, like a coming
1: of age story you know i suppose it is a crime story but it's, it's it follows the
3: year a year in the life of the, the protagonist who's 13 and um and some things happen around her and we kind of look at those but it's really about her journey you know, and part it's partly a love story, like all the books I've written. I think that I see more a love story than anything else, and yeah. they don't get pitched that way, which I understand.
1: And Oyen, what about you? Because obviously, sister is in the title, but in a way, it's 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 very hard to categorise your debut novel, even though you know it was put on crime fiction lists, and you know it was mm. there was a you and I recently had a had a chat this year because it was on the. Harrogate Crime of the Year Award, but do you see it as something more than that or do you not really see it as categorised at all?
2: Um, well, when I was writing it, I did. I wasn't thinking of genre and I don't know if this is something that Chris has experienced, but I think because it has been on some literary... Platforms, I'll say, for lack of a better word, right now, <laughs> <Yes>. because he <laughs> has been on some plat, um, literary <laughs> platforms, and then he has, I think, strong, let's say, commercial. Okay, I'll say value, for lack of a mm-hmm. better word, again. I've gotten strange blowback. I think sometimes, you know, because there are people who are, you know, on the one hand, the people who are sort of delighted that maybe something that they consider to be, you know, crime is, you know, getting. Uh, recognition from sort of the literary I don't know powers that be mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but then on the other hand people seem a little bit people seem very eager to sort of I don't know make it make sense to them why is this book yep, you know being recognized <laughs> um, in the in these space was that Chris that was like yep yes. <laughs> I'm not sure it was,
0: that. <laughs> no, it was.
3: I, I, I completely understand I know exactly what you mean yeah I get it from crime fiction fans that say it's not a crime book, you know, and mm. they kind of, you know, it doesn't have the pace of a crime book and it, it's more about the characters and, you know, and um, and they, they kind of get upset about it. And then on mm. the flip side, I get loads of messages from people that ordinarily wouldn't have picked up a crime book that have read it that really liked it. I just don't mm. think you can win. I think it's like we, <laughs> we, we, te- we tell the stories and then our publishers decide what to do with them, kind
0: of.
1: Yeah, and in a way, that's that's the way it should be, isn't it? Because you you as the author have the inspiration, you get the story, and you get the characters, and then it's down to you to write it, and whatever genre that falls in, whether it's one or five, you know, or if it's sort of uncategorizable, it doesn't matter because that's the story that you've wanted to write, and you know that that's then down to the experts in the publishing world um, to put it in the hands of as many readers as possible and if that means that they have to slightly market it as a crime novel then you know you you sort of understand that I suppose but I I think it's telling both of these books are telling that you can't just as a reader say oh I don't like I don't like a crime novel so I I don't think I'll read these you know what I mean yeah yeah
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Chris at the the start of this book we're introduced to uh, Duchess who's uh, 13 and her younger brother She's the, Robin. the protector of Robin. He's he's five, I think. And then there, there's her, uh, their mother star as well. Could you just tell us a little bit about them and then the, the story that, that unfolds? Yeah, so
3: Duchess is kind of the star of the show. Um She has a, a difficult time in that um, her mum is struggling with alcohol abuse. And um, she's like the sole carer to Robin. And um so she's kind of, although she's 13, she doesn't really have a childhood and she doesn't really know what, what it is just to, to be a child and to worry about, you know, the things that children should be worried about, like school and things like that. She has all these responsibilities that she struggles with. And then, um, and then a convicted killer moves back to the town that they live in, this small California town. And um, the killer used to date her mum. And um, so Duchess is so worried about Keeping them apart because you know, her mum's really fragile. That she sets off this um, chain of events. She does, she kind of, there's these tragic consequences for everyone involved and everyone close to her. And kind of throughout the book, she's um, she keeps kind of making these bad decisions, but she does them from a good place and um, just gets herself in more and more trouble. We kind of follow her, her characters story from she starts the book at 13 by the end of the book she's 14 and she's kind of been on this massive journey and it's it's really a coming of age story Mm. and um yeah it's just a year in her life really
1: had i assume that you had to take a, a very important and long business trip to california to research this book oh Oh, you you've missed out there chris (laughs) i know i really
3: did miss out i haven't been to america since i'm 38 now and i was 21 when i last went to america wow and now um the book is like we're gearing up for publication next march in the u.s and I keep on at them like my US publisher. I keep like <laughs> it's not even like a subtle hint. I just ask, you know, I ask all the time. <laughs> You've
1: given up the subtleties <laughs> now. It's just... just
3: yeah. I've started begging. Yeah, you know, now they just completely ignore it. So they <laughs> just so I'll send them an email, and then at the end of the email, I'll ask, you know, can I come to? America? And then they just reply to the email and ignore the question. <laughs> it's becoming really sad really tragic i
1: just yeah. keep on it you've I, started I now chris so I, just... know. <laughs> I
3: know that's how i get this. that's how i got a
0: hardback because i
3: didn't want to publish all the beginning at the end as a hardback and i kept asking <laughs> <laughs> i just kept on and on and on and on, oh, and on is and
2: i feel like this is kind of really good advice about yeah. persistence
1: <laughs> exactly
2: <laughs> like, <Yeah.
3: laughs> You need really thick
1: skin. Like, Oyen's okay. <laughs> yeah. taking notes here. She's like, yeah. yeah. It? <laughs> uh, yeah well, it's so, amazing to me that you haven't been since you were 21 because um, you really do paint such a such a picture of it. I mean, I know that, that Cape Haven, which is it's the small town, doesn't actually mm-hmm. exist. You know, it, I, I go to California quite a lot, not necessarily too far up the coast, but... Certainly, LA, and then into, right. into wine country a bit, and um, it's one of my favourite places. And so, reading the book really made me feel like I was there, and I think that's a, you know,
3: that's, a, a yeah, great that's strength
1: that's of the writing. It, really. Thank you.
3: That's really kind of you to say. I do a lot of research. I work part time in the library near where I live, and um, I just mm. kind of trawl through all the books all the time. <laughs> and I, even the travel guides and things. There's some really detailed travel guides and maps, and you can kind of, you can conjure a town. And um, but then when American readers read it, it's kind of like an acid test that they're going to find anything and get me. um, No, I worked with the US publishers. You know, from they were involved early on in the book and did some big edits on it. And Mm. then we had an American proofreader and copy editor. And yeah, so yeah, so I have help.
1: (laughs) Um, Now, Oyin, we talked about the debut novel. Uh, Mm. many will have read it and those that haven't should because it's really really ace and I just raced through it as you know Mm -hmm. Um, but since you have published this book obviously there's been a lot of time as we discussed earlier so I just wondered what you'd been working on and what we might expect from you next
2: well I'm looking forward to having the time to do I'm taking a break actually from like next month so maybe I'll be able to have the I don't know the clarity to be able to work on a new. You t- you're uh, taking a holiday. Work of, yeah, I am. I'm taking a holiday, like a no interview. I think I think I've got like one or two interviews, unfortunately, <laughs> because I booked them before. But but aside from that, like I'm I'm taking. I mean, it's not. A, I'm not going anywhere. But it just means I won't be like really answering work emails. Or yeah, I'm looking forward yeah. to it so much because that I means since the book came out, I don't think I've. I've kind of been on it, and like you said, I've done other um, things. I've done a lot of short stories, so I did one for McSweeney's Quarterly mm-hmm. called "The Last Tattoo." Do you want me to tell you what they're about, or should I just tell you what I've? I'm not. Do you I've, want?
1: By all know. means, tell it. Yeah, tell, tell us about the short stories.
2: <laughs> okay, don't worry. I'm really good at giving like short, like anyway, these are short stories, so you actually can't just even just like say the chapters in your book. Them. Yeah, short, short and sharp. <laughs> so okay, so I did the last tattoo, which is basically about a woman who. She sort of becomes, I don't want to say obsessed, but she she starts to make herself look more and more like the woman she decides her husband is she finds out her husband is in love with. So mm-hmm. that's what the last two is about. That's really Then good. I did thank you. I did one called The Skull's Uh Bridal, which is in an audible collection called Homeless Buddies and Other Stories. And that was sort of um about a man who goes to extreme takes goes what's uh, english is hard english is <laughs> killing me right now um,
1: <laughs> i was gonna say let's to see great... if we can help but i think chris should yeah. help. I I'll, I'll be no help i'll <laughs> be less <laughs> uh,
2: so okay he goes to great lengths to try and tame his wife and then i think i've done this month treasure came out which is in a collection by Amazon Original Stories called The Hush Collection. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was about an up-and-coming Instagram influencer and what happens when she attracts the attention of uh, a fan, I guess, or when a fan finds a way to get to her. Mm -hmm. And then I've got a novella coming out soon. Oh, fab. Sorry. No, sorry, I interrupted
1: you. But it's just I wondered whether when you thought of these stories, did... Did any of them cross your mind as as being potentially a novel or a novella? Or did you know that they were short stories when the idea came yes, to your you head? You know
2: what? It's really... You know, sometimes I hear other uh, authors like, talk about their work and, like, I don't know. I'm just so envious because I kind of... I feel like my writing life is a bit flighty. There's no real... I kind of happen across things and, you know, I, I'm I'm so... Sort of uh, self-involved in that I I need to be entertained all the time by my own writing. Otherwise, <laughs> it's hard for me to to keep at it. So a lot of these, uh, you know, I would finish them and I'd be like, "Damn it! I could have I could have made this a novel." But because they were commissions, I had to submit them. Like I was <laughs> contracted to write them. I couldn't be like, you know what? I'm going to keep not this. I'm like, Yeah, I'm not doing
1: this. Anymore. <laughs> so yeah yeah fair enough it's interesting you you talk about you know taking a break and and that being a break from emails from interviews and various other things and actually it's this is a question for both of you really because um Chris you you mentioned you work um at the library as well Mm -hmm. it really is so important isn't it for creativity to have that complete sort of switch off and and headspace it's it's all well and good Thinking about the next book or what you want to write next or the, the story, whilst you're picking up the phone to people like me and recording podcasts and writing things for the newspapers and stuff. But actually, in order to get in a mindset for another novel, you've really got to take some downtime, haven't you?
3: Yeah, you, if you can. I think you get like one chance to do that, and I think it's the debut novel. Um, Because there's no expectation, you know, you're not really writing it for anyone other than yourself at the time. Mm -hmm. And I don't think, I haven't found a way back to that yet. (laughs) Because there's just, um, there's no break. There is no, you know, I can't stop, you know, I can't take a long time out of it because it just, the schedule doesn't allow for it. So I think you have to just become, you know, you you need to find another way to work. And um, I'm still struggling to find that way to work. Like, the we begin at the end, you know, it was supposed to be a year and it ended up three years. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think I can do that again. Like, I sit down and think about how hard I worked on that book, you know, mm-hmm. and I miss things like the kids' Christmas parties and plays and things like that, and because there's just not enough hours in the day. Or well,
1: you miss them because of deadlines and things. Yeah, would, because of wow. deadlines
3: and just because I just you know trying to balance it all and I have another job like I trade in the stock market because it helps pay the bills and just there is no there's no balance you know there's no I don't know how to to find a way around it it's it's really genuinely really difficult yeah it's difficult not that I'm complaining because I love it and I do it because I love it but um you know to be able to take like a month off or something I would love to do that but I just you know, a day off from writing ends up being a day where I'm working at another job or mm. something like that. You know, so my days off are never really days off.
1: You mentioned the the, the trading there, Chris, and mm-hmm. actually, the, that's quite a big deal in terms of how you came to writing, isn't it, in the first place?
3: Yes, yes, I was working in the city. I'm not going to ruin it though, because that's part of my book pitch. Later, i <laughs> <laughs> so so, have to have to
1: <laughs> I've teed you up nicely for that yeah. then. Okay, okay, fine, yeah. <laughs> It's time for the book off now and this is where both my guests get three minutes on the clock to uh, tell us about a book that they love. Oyen's oh, already hated this. Um, they get three minutes to tell us about a book that they love that we may not have heard of and that they think we should all read. Um, it's a bit of fun, guys, although, uh, you know, d- depending on um, each individual author, you know, previous guests have have taken it very seriously. But uh, we'll, see. Those we'll see if that <laughs> <laughs> how this this goes um in a moment i'll ask um which books you're putting forward but first i just wanted to gauge what you've been reading recently which is the worst question that anyone could ever ask me because when when i get asked this question myself i go completely blank i forget mm-hmm. every single book that i've ever read <laughs> and can't answer it but um i'm going to ask you um oyen what have you been uh, reading recently you know for pleasure or work or whatever
2: yeah. So, I mean, uh, I was talking to another author actually earlier today and, and I was talking about how I find it really hard to read when I've got deadlines or like a lot of work or whatever. But things have started to wind down a bit for me. So I, I've started reading again, which is really exciting. And I'm almost through The Ghost Bride by, um, I'm going to destroy her name, <laughs> but by Yang Yangsi Chu. So, um, which, you know, I, I want to call it. I have to call it a ghost story. I mean it's in the title, but I, to some extent I feel like it's historical fiction and it's mm. romance and it's, it's it's just something very magical about it. It's it's definitely a book for me.
1: Another sort of uncategorizable Style novel, yeah, then, I think.
3: yeah, yeah.
1: And what about you, Chris? Have you been? Uh, well, you took loads of books on on your holiday, didn't you? <laughs> yeah,
3: and um I chair. I was the chair of the panel last week, so I had to read their books. Um, and normally, you know, you don't get a lot of time to read them, so you just skim them. But um I read them all because they were so good. And um and one of the standouts was a book called Three Fifths by John Bircher, and it's just brilliant, really, really brilliant. It's so called Three like What?
1: Sorry, Three Fifths. Okay.
3: Yeah, and it's about this. Um, it's set like the backdrop is the O.J. Simpson trial, right? And um, so it's set in the mid '90s in America, and it's about this um, guy called Bobby, and he's um, he's biracial, but he's past pretending to be white because of all the trouble. You know, because of oh. all the um, yeah, and it's just brilliant, and it's a uh, it's a crime book, but it's not really crime, and yeah, very good. And I've just started reading Girl A by Abigail Dean. Um, right. So like, I'm, that was the book I took away with me, and I was supposed <laughs> to read it, but I managed a, a chapter. It's brilliant. It's already yeah,
1: it's already hooked you in. It has. It yeah. has. yeah, yeah. I got quite obsessed by the O.J. Simpson trial because when it was actually happening, I was probably about nine or something. I didn't have a clue right. what was going on. So it passed me by, other than you know it being a huge historic event. And then I saw that there was a documentary series on, probably on Netflix, and there was this adaptation of the story as well, which had David Schwimmer in it. Oh, it was and, so good wasn't yeah, it? was not so it? Yeah, so good. It, I would recommend anyone see it. Someone, someone told me, you know, put me off it. I think someone said, oh, I'm not. Oh, I just thought it was a bit, you know, and. Cuba Gooding Jr. wasn't that great, and I, so I didn't get round to it for ages. And then I finally watched it, and I was absolutely hooks on it. Yeah, it was brilliant.
3: Um, and there's a, there's a, a Gianni Versace one as well, you know, about the moment made about by the that. same people. Yes, which yeah, I, I haven't seen, seen either. Yet. No, um, seen. But
1: I'm going to check that book out. That sounds like yeah, it's brilliant. Like I'd be very, very yeah. Very, very into that. Um, but those aren't the books that you're bringing to The Book Off and talking about today. Ona, oh, no. what are you putting forward uh, for The Book Off? Just tell us the, the Gosh, title.
2: I feel so nervous. You would think that you were giving us money if we won this. <laughs> but,
3: um... We're not
1: getting money. <laughs> um, if anything, I should be getting money, you know, because I decide who wins. <laughs>
3: I think that Owen's um... going to wipe the floor with me. I really do. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, so my book is my uh, The Secret of Baba Segi's Wives by Lola Shoney.
1: Okay, and what about yours, Chris? I'm going for The Last Child
3: by John Hart.
1: Now I don't know either of these books, which is always which is always great for me because I get to listen to authors passionately talking about them, and you know I add them to a very long list of books that I end up spending loads of money on. So we need to decide who goes first and who goes second. I and you get to choose if you'd like to. Have your three minutes first, or if you want to hear Chris and see if you can better him. Oh, this is a
2: tough one because. I could wait for him and then see how I could top him. (laughs) Yeah, with ease. Or I I could go first and try and intimidate him. I'm
1: already intimidated. Before he has a chance. Tactics,
2: tactics. (laughs) Okay, so you know what? I think I'll go first.
1: You're going first. Okay, very good choice. Uh, Which means, Chris, you get to decide how you are cut down in your prime at the three-minute mark. Mm -hmm. I should say that you (laughs) don't have to use... Your three minutes. So if you bring in your pitch before that, that's great. But as you hit the three minute mark, you will either be rung out by the school bell or uh, honked out by the bicycle Chris, which one would you like?
3: The horn, of course. <laughs> you are going to get the horn, no problem.
1: Which means, I and you have got the school bell. Um, okay. I'm going to put three minutes on the clock for you now. We, uh, me and Chris, are going to stay silent, and it's all over to you to tell us about the secret lives of Baba Segi's wives.
2: All right. Well, if the title hasn't already convinced you that this is a book for you um, in The Secret Life of Baba Astegi's wives has three, not one, not two, but three very sneaky, ingenious women. You will not know how, what their intrigue is or what exactly they're doing, what their secret is. Um, But you will fall in love with their scheming ways. You will fall in love with their bad behavior. Um, you will fall in love with the things that they had to go through. These are women who, um, who society um, tried to wrest power from, um, but in their own ingenious ways, they managed to get it back for themselves. Again, if this has yet to convince you, <laughs> um, you've got a husband who's married to several women who thinks that he has, uh, he has the perfect life he manages to get himself one more wife. So there are four women whose points of views we get to see. He marries one more wife, an educated woman, which for me was really interesting because I thought, why, wouldn't, uh, why would an educated woman want to become and get an ad- their additional wife? Of course, she had other opportunities. Um, but that in itself, her backstory was moving. It was tragic. And um, she finds it very, very difficult to live with the three women who come before her is everyone still there because it's
1: oh yeah we're, her? still, nope, here. we're still here
2: still oh sorry <laughs> okay so
1: we're, we're so, hooked we're um, hooked we are
2: <laughs> so yes um definitely pick this book up jump into the lives of these four fantastic woman, even Baba Segi to be honest, for all his uh for that I for all the fact that I didn't agree with a lot of the things that he had done, um, he was a character that actually became quite dear to me. I thought he was a sweet. Well, I'll say I don't know how people will feel about me saying this, but I kind of found him quite sweet. Um, so uh more which I think has a lot to say about how the writer managed her characters and her setting. This is a colorful book, it will bring you right into the heart of Nigeria. And you'll get to experience things you haven't experienced before.
1: Fantastic. That Whoa. was so good.
3: Was
0: good.
1: You, get, you get a ring anyway, even though you had uh, <laughs> yeah. 30 seconds to go there, Oyan. Well done. Um, that was ace. I'm just and... going to give up now. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Chris. Have a bit of that fighting <laughs> okay. spirit. Yeah. Oyen, take a breath. You can relax now. You've done your, you've done your bit. Um, we'll come back and talk a little bit more about this book after we've heard from Chris. So I'm putting three minutes back on the clock for you, Chris, okay. uh, and your time is starting to tell us about *The Last Child* by John Hart.
3: Okay. So before I tell you, I know I've only got three minutes. But before I tell you about the story, I'm going to tell you about the story behind the story. (laughs) (laughs) So I left school with no qualifications and I bounced from job to job um, before I decided I wanted to become a stockbroker. I saw this article in the paper. This guy had a Ferrari and a gorgeous wife and I thought I'm going to be a stockbroker. So I marched into the city with my terrible CV and I managed to talk myself into an entry level job. And um, then I worked my way up. And um, I was working 20 hours a day, I slept at my desk, I devoted every waking hour to being the best trader I could be. Um, My career had its ups and downs, um, but until that point I'd never worked harder at anything in my life. Um, I did some writing on the side, but mostly because it helped deal with how stressful the job was. And then a week before my 30th birthday, um, oh, I should mention that my wife was heavily pregnant at home. She was a student, so she was earning no money. So I was the sole breadwinner. I was called into my boss's office and offered a promotion. Um, This was the job and kind of the salary that um, I'd always dreamed of, 10 years working towards this point. And um, I looked my boss in the eye and just told him I quit right there and then, quit my job. Um and I know that sounds that sounds like a stupid thing to do. But um so some context. But a month before I'd read a book called The Last Child by John Hart. Um, on the surface it's a crime novel about a teenager called Johnny Merriman who heads out on his bike and he's armed with a map and a flashlight and he's searching for his missing sister, Alyssa. And um it's hard to put into words just how beautifully written the book is, um, how dark and ominous the tone is, yet how much heart there is on every page. And um, Johnny's got a best friend who helps with the search called Jack, and they have this relationship and it's so pure and perfect. And um, and it's gripping. I mean, every crime thriller comes with a gripping quote on the cover. But um, this one, I just had to know what happened. Um, I couldn't think of anything else while I was reading it. And it, I had the, this book hangover after I'd never experienced anything before like that. And it just broke me, this book. So I spent days Googling John Hart and reading interviews. And um, I found out he was this really successful lawyer. And um, one day he just quit his job because he had a dream of writing a book. <laughs> I, was, I was so inspired that um, I followed his lead. You know, I quit my job. Um, obviously there was some unpleasantness when I told my wife what I'd done. <laughs> um, now, nine years later, she's mostly forgiven me. <laughs> um, and I recently received an email from John Hart telling me, telling me how much he loved We Begin at the End, which almost made me cry. It was yeah. like the circle of life. Uh, um, so the last child, Um, If it wasn't for that book, I wouldn't be sitting here today getting to talk to the two of you. So, you need to read the book that changed my life. That's me done.
1: (laughs) Wow.
3: That was really moving.
1: That was very moving, wasn't it? I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't ready for it. Fantastic. Well done, uh, Chris. Just take a breath now yourself. Um, Both fabulous pictures and uh, brilliant sounding books i have to say um oyen what i loved when you were talking about the secret lives of Baba sigil's wives is that you said you you fall in love with with their scheming and their bad behavior and that makes me just automatically want to read it because i think yeah i bet i bet these women and these characters are going to be so entertaining and in fact you yeah. even alluded to the fact that um you know they are great characters because you you have a sort of weird soft spot for for Baba Segil as well, even though he's oh. obviously quite awful,
3: <laughs> it really makes me want to hang out with Owen. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but I mean, it just sounds like such a such a brilliant read and so entertaining. Um, and yeah, Chris, I, I you know I hadn't heard of The Last Child either, and I don't know of John Hart uh, shamefully, but what a story! What a great way to to set it up to give us you know the story before the story and
3: yeah so he's like he's massive in america right um not so well he's a bestseller here but just not really known
1: yeah okay so it's i mean i I definitely want to check it out simply simply because of the way that you described it
3: i mean it's a book
1: that made a
2: man quit his job (laughs) like (laughs) basically like (laughs) give up on his sole source of income like if that's not
1: wow they should put that
2: on his like blurb (laughs) they should actually have that on his blurb
1: uh, and the fact uh, that you got an email from him you know, know about this la- this latest book and, and it's then just I took, so lovely i
3: took that email as an invitation like to be friends <laughs> obviously <laughs> obviously for every, for every one email he sends me i send about four
1: back <laughs> I just bombard it. and of course oh, i take sweet. the fact that you're both on this podcast as as, as being weird we're the best of friends now and we'll be in contact oh, yeah. every <laughs> day. so you know i completely understand it chris <laughs> um well look, i loved i loved both at the sound of both of those and your pictures were great, um but I got to choose a winner, and i th- I think it I think it has to be Chris, doesn't it? Because that's just it's to be. I agree. I, agree. <laughs> uh, I'm, I don't know what. To I say. don't think Oiyan'll mind <laughs> considering you no, know. No,
2: no, I agree. I mean, like once he said the thing about quitting his job, I knew I had like at that <laughs> point I knew it was it was over.
3: But see, I think I think I cheated because I think Owens was a real book pitch. And just like, everyone feels sorry for me.
1: yeah. But you got the you got the personal side in, Chris, didn't you? You know, you gave us yeah. that angle. Um, mm-hmm. That angle. Also, what I loved is you used the the term book, hangover, which I use quite a lot, and yeah. i i have I do feel that I do get that I sort get of that as well. weird really feeling, do. and I I know how powerful a book has to be, you know, to to to, to achieve that. Um. My Sister the Serial Killer by Oyinka Braithwaite is published by Atlantic and We Begin at the End by Chris Whitaker is published by Zafri and both are available now and we wholeheartedly recommend getting a copy if you don't have them already. They are two absolutely fantastic books. Uh, thank you both for taking the time to join us today. Thank, thank you, for, you for your pictures thank and you these uh, brilliant books that now I, I have added to my list um, and we're really excited uh, for what you do next Oyin, and we wish you best of luck with your holiday you so and your much. creative time and um, Chris I know we begin at the end Is sort of it's out at the moment so you're probably in promo mode and concentrating on yep. that but wish you all the best um, for the American much. release and uh, let's hope you actually get to go there eh? yeah,
3: yeah. if you're in as well <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah I'll drop them a line <laughs> I'll, put, I'll, put, I'll put a word in <laughs> <laughs> it's been great having you both with us. Thank you so much. Thanks a
3: lot.
0: Thank you.